Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Thank you very, very much for listening. Now, generally when I kick these things off, uh, I'll, I'll start by saying what the date is. However, I actually have no idea when this episode will make it to you. Uh, so I don't want to say how early it is that I'm actually recording this if it takes like three days for this to get to you. So just assume that this was actually recorded like today. This was recorded like 10 minutes before you listened to it. So this is going to be a very, very quick episode, just sort of an inaugural thing for Shoot the J. Hopefully we can kind of get back like into the swing of things a little bit. Um, if you've followed me in the past, you know that it's sort of been an inconsistent thing where it's like, hey, Nick, do a podcast and I'm like okay so I do it and then nobody listens to it but then when I as soon as I stop doing it lose that consistency then everybody's like well hey where's the podcast and then I do it again and rinse and repeat nobody listens whatever here we are we're back shoot the J uh, tentative revival we are officially back folks now just a few things to cover today the first thing that I would like to cover is inarguably the funniest thing that I have read uh, today a stat that I looked up uh, coming out of college, I was really, really big on Colin Sexton. Big Avery Johnson guy. Uh, it's pretty, you know, that tracks. Like, of course, I'm going to be a Colin Sexton guy because of Avery Johnson, Alabama. Um, so I, I, I think I made even the assertion that within like three years, Colin Sexton would be um, an all NBA, like defensive team caliber player. I, I don't really think that's quite going to pan out. Like he definitely tries. Like he's super athletic and he's a super high motor. But, like, I don't know about all defensive – not not in, like, that th- aforementioned, like, three-year window, at least. Maybe in, like, five or six. I don't know. But the statistic that I found was a point guard that has – how do I articulate this? In Colin Sexton's, like, year and a half in the NBA, I want you to very quickly guess in your head how many games he's had with 10 or more assists. Just kind of think in your head, how many could that possibly be? Well, here's the answer. One. He has one game. He literally has one game where he's had at least 10 assists, and it was exactly 10, and it came in game 82 of last season. That is literally the funniest thing of all time. And me and a very good friend of mine, this is why we say he was the one that actually came to me and said at first, I was like, oh my gosh, I think you actually might be right. Colin Sexton's a shooting guard. So the fact that they also went in last year in the draft uh, is Colby Altman, which is bad at his job, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Last year, they also, they draft Darius Garland in the first round, in like the first five picks. what's what's exactly the dynamic that's going to happen there so now in cleveland what you have is and i said this uh like when the pistons played the cavaliers like a week or two ago i said this exact same thing you have two ball dominant guards these ball centric point guards in your backcourt and you can say like when they're on the floor together i feel like they're both running point it's so weird because it's just isolations and pick and rolls and that's it and yeah we're currently in an nba where you're seeing maybe like five actual sets run per quarter so like a lot of it is read and react and just kind of figure out you know what's going on set some back screens some double screens uh uh and just utilize pick and rolls but the problem is that the only thing that the Cavs are going to utilize they won't even use backdoor cuts they do like maybe two a game they just use pick and rolls like the one thing that every single NBA team can is, is equipped to effectively defend so you have these dudes just going to the rim and it's it's absolutely bananas and Colin Sexton who has actually been like decent recently um you know kevin love is kevin love at you know whatever but the, the Cavs offense just makes no sense so this guru that is john beeline this whole nba thing's absolutely bananas i just thought that stat was um more or less the funniest thing that i've ever seen in my life second thing that i want to very quickly cover is the guy who on twitter 
And some of you have seen this, and if you follow me, which if you're listening to this, you probably do. The guy who got mad that Carmelo posted up Luca and gave him a bucket in the paint, but on the subsequent possession, Luca knocked down a three, and he was like, see, you can't have that, Carmelo, because three points is greater than two. And this is sort of what was so transcendent about what Steph Curry did for the game, where it's like you sort of transcend advanced analytics, and like it's insane that it took everybody this long to realize that, hey, three points greater than sign two points. But it's also like you have the Rick Carlisles of the world and, and admittedly like the Mies of the world where you're like post play is like ineffective and it's just bad. It's, not, it's inefficient basketball. And it's like, well, that may be true, but it's not like it's an obsolete play. Like hypothetically, if Melo is going to be backing down Luca on every single trip down the floor, like at some point that's going to get absolutely exhausting. And it's going to sort of hinder Luca's effectiveness on offense. Now, did it? No, because they were also effectively able to run a horn set and uh, absolutely obliterate the, the Blazers that way. Also, Luca's just the greatest 20-year-old that's literally ever played. And it's, like, insane because you watch him, you're like, I, you, you may end up being, like, one of the greatest players of all time. It's not even may. Like, it's not even, like, a maybe he'll do Like, he, he will be. And he's like, he already is. Like, he has, like, the most, I think, triple doubles before turning 21 in the history of modern basketball since it was, like, a recorded statistic, which is absolutely out of this world. And obviously, I, you know, I've put a hand up multiple times and been like, see, I have told everybody. Everybody was like, oh, is this foreign guy? Is Real Madrid's guy's going to stink? I think most people knew he wasn't going to stink, but I was on him, like, a year out. And, now, you know, this isn't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hear to, not here to brag about myself. But, hey, I was, I was on Luka Doncic, like, a year out. So, very proud of myself there. But, no, you have a guy, Carmelo Anthony, shooting 56% at the rim, which is by no stretch of the imagination exceptional at all. Like, the fact that you're missing half of your, like, you can say, oh, he's making half of his, no, he's missing half of his shots at the rim. Absolutely insane. Seems, it, it seems pretty on brand. Like, th- that plays for Carmelo. Like, I hear that. I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. But then you have a guy like Luka, who's shooting, what, 31, 32%? from three so i mean nine times out of ten yeah i'm, I'm not gonna let luca take uncontested threes but if i'm putting a hand up in his face i kind of like my chances a little bit that it's that it might not go in now if you if he's going downhill puts the ball on the floor going towards the basket yeah admittedly then i'm not i'm not exactly too keen on it um but at the end of the day the the, the this this narrative that is trying to be created by this user that uh, Melo had a bad play because he posted up Luca is is absolutely like bananas out of this world. Um, the final thing that I want to cover again, like super super quick episode. This is just like a hey, I'm back. This is a thing again. I wrote about this for Piston Powered. Now it's it it sort of becomes a little bit tricky actually because we don't know what is going to happen as of today with Andre Drummond. And maybe if this does take a few days to come out, then maybe this will sound a little dumb because maybe some news will come out. But as it stands, nothing. If if <clears throat> excuse me, if Andre Drummond is traded, if he's not traded but the Pistons let him walk in free agency, they kind of have a predicament on their hands. What do you pay Christian Wood? And at at the risk of just sort of regurgitating what I wrote, For those of you who didn't read it, I'll give a sort of condensed, too long, didn't read. Basically, you have a guy who in four years (coughs) has played for five NBA teams. 
in modern basketball, in today's NBA, a, a stretch five who can protect the rim is going to be valued. I mean, it, it's it's held in a in a very high regard. It's a hot commodity. And that's sort of the the problem that Andre Drummond stirs up. Sorry, I, I can't really figure out how to articulate that is that he's not able to stretch the floor. Yeah, he's phenomenal defensively. He's able to... Uh, phenomenal is a bit of a stretch. This year, he's been really good defensively. He's He is phenomenal defending pick and rolls, and obviously, he's the greatest rebounder of all time. Well, one of the greatest... Re- well, he does have the highest rebounding percentage of all time, so I'm just going to go ahead and say he's the greatest rebounder of all time. You could debate a wall. Um, so what do they do with Christian Wood? Because he now has a fully guaranteed contract. I think he's making like $3.2 million. Not for the rest of the season, but that is his contract for the year now. I believe it was the same in, uh, in New Orleans last season. And um, he's played 38 games for the Pistons as it stands. Tonight will be 39 as they take on the Atlanta Hawks, which officially gives away when I am recording this. And as it stands, he's currently averaging 9.5 points a game and 5.3 rebounds. I think a few nights ago he had, what, like 17 and 11 or something like that? Like, Christian Wood is capable of putting up double-doubles like it's nothing. Like, it's just effortless with him. He's also shooting 57% from the field and 36% from the three-point range. So, like, again, he is well, he's shooting he's shooting three-pointers better than Luka Doncic. Now, it is a volume thing. I know, I'm kidding. It's relative to their volume. I'm sure Luka's upwards of, like, five per game, maybe four. And actually, I should probably look that up because I just don't want to assert things that are just blatantly wrong. And Christian Wood, I think, is shooting like literally one per game. So obviously, I'm kidding there. Luka Doncic. Sorry, this is maybe this is maybe bad radio. I just need to I need to very quickly look this up. I'm gonna say like four point one. He's shooting nine. Luka's shooting nine per game. Oh, he's shooting twenty shots. Okay, well then that actually that tracks. That makes sense. Okay, never mind. Um, that was the uh, that was uh, okay. That was bad by me. But hey, now we all we all learned something. That Luka Doncic is shooting nine three pointers a game. I literally had no idea. I've watched like six Mavericks games this year, and I never thought he had taken nine threes. Um, so what do they do with Christian Wood? Obviously, you're going to go into the off season, and you don't exactly know what the what the market is going to be on him. You don't know how many teams are looking to pay him. There are obviously going to be teams who looked at what he was able to do in Detroit this season and they think maybe we can sort of use that on our team because, like I, like I said earlier, more or less any single team, they can use uh, uh, a stretch five. Someone with his size that is able to, to space the floor, pull up from the perimeter, uh, you know, d- provide dynamite slams. Dy- what is it that George Blaha says? Dynamite dunks at the rim. Um, that's a guy that you're going to want. So because there's not really a definitive market on what he brings, it may allow the Pistons to get away with paying him maybe $6 million over, uh, not over a three-year period, but per year over uh, an extended period of time. Now, I think in an ideal situation, what you end up offering Christian Wood is like a three-year, $20, $21 million, uh, you know, uh, team option on the third year. And maybe that's a little bit ambitious, but I actually think that's a team-friendly deal. And, And because Detroit doesn't own... A pick beyond the first round. They only they don't have a second round pick this year. So unless they land one through the virtue of trade, uh, they're going to get a, a point guard in the first round. And if Andre Drummond walks, well, who do you have at center? Yeah, I think you have Thon Maker. But I think there's actually there may be a team option on on him this season. I I, I may be mistaken there. Um, so you're going into next season possibly without a center. I, I think retaining Christian Wood, you know, it, it's uh there's clearly mutual love on both sides. It's an amicable relationship that they are that they're in right now. I, I think all signs point to the Pistons retaining him. Um, you know, a guy who he, he's he, he's played the most games 
in this is okay how do i articulate this he's played 38 games a season which is the most he's played for an individual team in his career so far the previous highest was 17 he played 21 games last season but that was between two different franchises so um over the course of these 38 games, his field goal percentage right now, which once again is at about 57%, it's like 0.1 away, so I'm just rounding up 0.1, but it's the highest in his career so far. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. His volume was a little bit higher last year, but, you know, it's relative. So uh, the Pistons also, their offensive rating uh, goes up when he's on the floor versus when he's off. The opponent's uh, uh, offensive rating goes down when he's on the floor. So it's, you know, he, the Pistons are just like statistically better when Christian Wood is on the floor. So uh you know the way that he's and yes like christian was not perfect yeah i know christian he, he's a fan favorite everybody loves christian wood the fact that joe johnson almost made this down i don't even know if it was really all that close but the fact that he quote unquote almost made the team over christian wood is absolutely insane um fan favorite but he does have his his flaws and, and that's something that people will, will seldom acknowledge they're like afraid to admit that hey christian wood's not absolutely perfect like yeah he has he's out of position a lot on both ends of the floor he'll have just these mental lapses and and it'll either result in a turnover or it'll result in like an uncontested basket uh on defense so you know he can meet a guy at the summit I, he's a guy who can jump higher than the ball sometimes it feels like you, you know more lobs have been thrown to him this season than andre which I don't know if statistically that's true, but just from, I mean, I've, how many games have we played this year? Like 43? I've watched 42 of them. So, I mean, just based off of memory, I believe that that is the case. Someone can fact check me if I'm wrong. I won't be mad. Um, it's just somebody that if you're going to be, you know, adopting this rebuild moving forward, Christian was turning 25 this year. And I think what's interesting about him is you have a guy who it, it almost feels like his growth his development has been stunted a little bit because he's been tossed around so much and yeah he's like you know playing in a g league and you know g league mvp that's awesome that's all well and good generally most stretch fives i feel like are going to operate sort of the same and there's it's not going to differ too much from you know organization to organization the role is more or less always going to be the same so that's that's what kind of makes the development point void um but it would still be nice if he had a definitive home and he was actually able to grow up because now he's 25 years old and, you know, the development period is not over for most players, but you're kind of at the point where you're like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I am. You know what you have as a franchise, uh, whereas Christian Wood is still kind of coming to grips with what exactly he could be. And uh, I, I think there's obviously a lot of reason to be optimistic, a lot of reason to be excited as to what exactly he could be. And people are going to say, well, what is that? What do you have in mind? I'm not really the comparison guy, so I don't have like a definitive boom. This is, you know, his NBA comp, but he's a guy who can, you know, effectively run pick and rolls, which is what Dwayne Casey loves. He can absorb contact, execute tough finishes at the rim. And, you know, again, he, he, that man, he will meet you at the summit and he'll, he'll just send you into a body bag. And again, he can hit shots from the perimeter. So what's not to love about him? At the end of the day, I think it would be absolutely – it would be a travesty. It would be a complete misfire if the Detroit Pistons uh, – if they let Christian Wood walk, which sealed and signed, she's not my lover like Billie Jean, but the kid is mine. The Pistons won't let uh, Christian walk this this summer. So, alrighty, folks. Again, super quick episode of Shoot the Jay. Again, I, I do want to backtrack very quickly. Um, I wish people would stop hating basketball and would just let people score inside the paint. Alrighty, folks. If you made it this far – genuinely from the bottom of my heart thank you very much it was a bit of a rocky episode even though it was only about 15 minutes a little bit rocky gonna get back into the swing of things uh if this is what you guys want me to be doing then we can absolutely do this 
Um, you know, more episodes of Shoot the J, have some guests on, do the, you know, it'd be, it'd be awesome. I'd love to do this. Just give me your feedback. If you made it this far, thank you again. I will catch you guys in the next one.